0: There is nothing that can ever be said that can approach the immeasurable grief of those families. But while we're at it, let's pray this time our leaders
1: show a modicum of courage in trying to prevent this from ever happening again. But
0: prayers won't end this. Voting might, so when you vote, ask yourself this question. Who, running for office, has publicly stated that they're willing to do anything and everything in their power to protect your children from the criminally insane
2: number
1: of guns in America.
0: Sing it, Steven.
2: Well, I don't
3: know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. To the, me,
2: to
0: the right Here I am stuck in the middle with you Yep From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles This is the Bradcast As heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA Also in California In Red Bluff and Redding On KFOI Round Mountains KKRN And Eureka's KGOE Up in Oregon on the Central Coast On KYAQ Cottage Grove's Queso And Eugene's KEPW Lancaster, Pennsylvania's WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU, Columbus, Ohio's WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Rochester, New York's WRFZ, down in New Orleans on WHIV out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ in Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the internet's on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Verdant Square Radio, and Detour Talk, Blanketing Planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman. Your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today on another difficult day, as much as I hate to say it, on the Bradcast. It was not always this way. In 1994, Congress actually banned the sale of the type of assault-style weaponry that has been used to gun down hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of Americans. Since that ban on those weapons sunsetted in 2004, and then Republican President George W. Bush and his Republican Congress refused to renew it. The Public Safety and Recreational Firearms Use Protection Act, or better known as the Federal Assault Weapons Ban, included a prohibit a prohibition on the manufacture for civilian use of certain semi-automatic firearms that were defined as assault weapons as well as certain ammunition magazines that were defined as large capacity. The 10-year ban was passed by the U.S. Congress on September 13, 1994. It was a very close 52 to 48 vote in the U.S. Senate, with help from moderate Republicans in both the House and Senate, and it was signed into law by President Bill Clinton on the very same day that it was passed. Several constitutional challenges were filed against the federal assault weapon assault weapons ban, uh, but. All of those challenges to all of those provisions were rejected by the courts. The ban expired on September 13, 2004, under George W. Bush, in accordance with its sunset provision. It was to be sunsetted after 10 years as one of the concessions needed to get it passed. The law had been effective in preventing the type of mass murders we are now seeing on a horrifically regular schedule. It was signed by a Democrat and it was allowed to die under a Republican president all, uh, all along with untold thousands of American lives since then. And if you were wondering who to blame... It's the Republican lawmakers and the American voters who continue to elect them to office to not protect the lives, liberty and pursuit of happiness for thousands of gun violence victims who are ultimately victims of the powerful American gun lobby and the weapons industry that it now solely exists to protect and support. And both the Republican lawmakers and, sadly, Republican voters who keep them in office despite the nonstop surging death toll and American carnage. Yes, they can all be blamed as well. Unfortunately, before we get to news on Tuesday's primary elections in Arkansas, Alabama, Georgia and Texas, uh, I've had to reschedule the guests that I had hoped to uh, discuss those elections with. We have to uh, quick quickly touch, unfortunately, on this horrific school shooting at Robb Elementary in Uvalde, Texas, which, uh, if you listened to yesterday's broadcast, you know broke near the uh, end of the show in Desi's old home state of Texas. Hi, Des, how are you?
2: I'm okay. Yes, it happened in Texas.
0: The uh, the massacre, as of airtime today, has left. 19 4th fourth-grade children and two teachers dead in the heavily Latino town of Uvalde, a small town with a population of about 15,000, located about 80 miles west of San Antonio, just over 50 miles from the U.S.-Mexican border. It was the deadliest shooting at a U.S. grade school since a gunman killed 20 children and six adults at Sandy Hook Elementary in Newtown, Connecticut, almost a decade ago. The attack also came just 10 days after a deadly racist rampage at a Buffalo, New York supermarket in which a white supremacist killed 10 black people, including the retired cop who served as the store's armed security guard. It added to a years long series of mass killings at churches and at schools and at stores and at live concerts. The tragedy in Uvalde was the deadliest shooting, school shooting, in Texas history, a state which has been the site of some of the deadliest shootings in the U.S. over the past five years, when Republican state lawmakers have made it easier and easier and easier to buy and carry any and all deadly weapons that you could imagine in the Lone Star State. In 2018, a gunman fatally shot 10 people at Santa Fe High School in the Houston area. A year before that, a gunman at a Texas church Killed more than two dozen people during a Sunday service in the small town of Sutherland Springs. In 2019, another gunman at a Walmart in El Paso killed 23 people in a racist attack against Latinos. Tuesday's shooting came just days before the National Rifle Association's annual convention was set to begin in Houston. You got your tickets for that yet, Des? Hmm. Governor Greg Abbott and both of Texas's U.S. senators, as well as the disgraced former president Donald Trump, were among elected Republican officials scheduled as speakers at a Friday forum sponsored by the NRA's lobbying arm. We will see if they show up. Meanwhile, last year, the Democratic U.S. House passed two bills to expand background checks on firearms purchases among the lowest hanging fruit. For new gun safety legislation, since renewing the uh, federal assault weapon assault weapons ban that worked so well for a decade, now seems to be an unthinkable idea with today's Republicans. One bill passed the House by the House uh, last year would have closed a loophole for private and online sales. The other would have extended the background check review period. Neither of them uh, went anywhere near encroaching on the Second Amendment or even likely to make a huge dent in our gun violence epidemic, frankly, but they would be something. Nonetheless, both measures languished in the 50-50 Senate, where Democrats would need at least 10 Republican votes to overcome objections from a filibuster. But sadly, there may not even be one vote, much less 10 Republicans in the Senate who give a damn about these mass shootings at least beyond fighting like hell, to make sure that shooters have easy access to the weapons needed to create more of them. The gunman reportedly purchased his guns immediately upon turning 18 this month. He bought them legally from a licensed dealer. On May 17, the day after he turned 18, the shooter reportedly bought one of the two AR-15-style assault weapons that he used in this massacre on Tuesday. On May 18, he is alleged to have purchased 375 rounds of ammo. Apparently that raises no red flags at all in America. And on May 20, he was allowed to purchase a second AR-15 style semi-automatic assault weapon. And five days later, After shooting his own grandmother, 19 fourth graders and two teachers were killed by this person. Texas law allows an 18 year old to legally purchase any weapons they may like. So happy birthday. The massacre in Uvalde was the second mass shooting within 10 days to be carried out by an 18 year old. The first one in Buffalo came just three days after a Trump-appointed federal appeals court judge out here in California wrote for the majority ruling that found California's ban on those younger than 21 buying semi-automatic weapons to be an unconstitutional affront to the Second Amendment since, as the judge wrote, many young men used rifles in our Revolutionary War. Seriously, that's what he wrote, arguing that semi-automatic rifles that can kill dozens within seconds, hundreds within minutes, is really no different than a muzzle-loaded, one-projectile-at-a-time rifle used during America's Revolutionary War more than 250 years ago. Same thing. Hopefully California will appeal that ruling. After arriving back in the U.S. from his overseas trip to Asia just hours after the shooting on Tuesday, President Biden, who has long fought for gun safety laws, any gun safety laws, offered these brief, at times angry, at times emotional remarks.
4: As a nation, we have to ask, when in God's name are we going to stand up to the gun lobby? When in God's name? We do what we all know in our gut needs to be done. It's been 340, 3448 days, 10 years since I stood up at a high school in Connecticut, a grade school in Connecticut, where another government massacred 26 people, including 20 first graders, at Sandy Hook Elementary School. Since then, there have been over 900 incidents gunfires reported on school grounds. Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. Santa Fe High School in Texas. Oxford High School in Michigan. The list goes on and on, and the list grows when it includes mass shootings at places like movie theaters, houses of worship, as we saw just 10 days ago, to a grocery store in Buffalo, New York. I am sick and tired of it. We have to act, and don't tell me we can't have an impact on this carnage. I spent my career as a senator and a vice president working to pass common-sense gun laws. We can and won't prevent every tragedy, but we know they work and have positive impact. When we passed the assault weapons ban, mass shootings went down. When the law expired, mass shootings tripled. The idea that an 18-year-old kid can walk into a gun store and buy two assault weapons is just wrong. What in God's name do you need a assault weapon for except to kill someone? Durant aren't running through the forest with Kevlar vests on, for God's sake. It's just sick. And the gun manufacturers have spent two decades aggressively marking assault weapons, which make them the most and largest profit. For God's sake, we have to have the courage to stand up to the industry. Here's what else I know. Most Americans support common-sense laws, common-sense gun laws. I just got off a trip from Asia, meeting with Asian leaders. And I learned of this while I was on the aircraft. And what struck me on that 17-hour flight, what struck me was these kinds of mass shootings rarely happen anywhere else in the world. Why? They have mental health problems. They have domestic disputes in other countries. They have people who are lost. But these kinds of shootings never happen with the kind of frequency that happen in America. Why? Why are we willing to live with this carnage? Why do we keep letting this happen? Where in God's name is our backbone to have the courage to deal with it and stand up to the lobbies? It's time to turn this pain into action for every parent For every citizen in this country, we have to make it clear to every elected official in this country, it's time to act. It's time for those who obstruct or delay or block the common sense gun laws, we need to let you know that we will not forget. We can do so much more. We have to do more. Our prayer tonight is for those parents. Lying in bed and trying to figure out will I be able to sleep again? What do I say to my other children? What happens tomorrow? May God bless the loss of innocent life on this sad day. And may the Lord be near the brokenhearted and save those Crushed in spirit because they're going to need a lot of help, and a lot
5: of our prayers.
1: God love you. Will you go to Texas, sir?
5: President
0: Biden speaking after returning home from Asia on Tuesday to news of yet another horrific gun massacre in Texas. His comments there, by the way, about why, in God's name, does someone need an assault rifle? Deer deer aren't wearing Kevlar vests running through the forest. Some years ago, after another one of these shootings, I had asked out loud for weeks on air at Brad blog on on Twitter for any evidence anywhere that a high capacity semi-automatic weapon was ever needed for self-defense anywhere other than on an actual battlefield, anywhere in civilian use. Nobody could come up with any such incident in which a weapon like that was needed, was used in self-defense, and was needed, you know, where a simple pistol or a shotgun would not have accomplished the same purpose. The president also talked about how these sort of uh, massacres have uh, tripled since the federal assault weapons ban had uh, sunsetted and over the past year those incidents have skyrocketed active uh, shooters Active active shooter incidents last year alone in 2021 surged by 53 percent from the year before and nearly 97 percent from 2017. That, according to new FBI statistics that happened to be released on Monday. In 2021, there were 61 active shooter incidents defined as one or more people actively engaging in killing or trying to kill in a populated area by firearm, according to the FBI. Active shooter incidents spanned 30 states last year, killing 103 people and wounding 140 others. There were 61 shooters in the 2021 incidents. 60 of them were male, by the way. One was female. They were ages 12 to 67. A dozen of the active shooter incidents last year met the definition of mass killings, defined as three or more killings in a single incident. That's up from five incidents uh, meeting that definition in 2020 from five in 2020 to a dozen last year. Meanwhile, more people died from gunfire in the U.S. in 2020, the most recent year for which complete data are available than at any other time on record, according to the CDC. There were more than 45,000 firearm deaths in 2020. 45,000. But, you know, guns don't kill people. People kill people, right? From 2019 to 2020, firearm homicide rates in the U.S. increased by almost 35 percent. That's the highest level recorded in over 25 years, affecting all age groups, says the CDC. The only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun, though, right? We've been told that over and over again by the gun lobby and its Republican agents of death. One of those agents of death, Texas's chief law enforcement official, Republican Attorney General Ken Paxton on Fox News on Tuesday night after the shooting, said that it would be up to the schools to protect themselves from the weapons that he has worked so hard to make sure everyone in Texas has access to. Ultimately, Paxton said, quote, schools are going to have to have access points that are very limited and they're going to have to have people trained at the school, whether it's police officers who have been trained in that line of work or they're going to have to start training. Every school, he said, is going to need to do that. And every school district is going to have to decide if they want to protect their children or we are going to continue to see this happen. It's the school district's fault. Make every school a fortress. It's the only conceivable way, apparently, that he can think of uh, to curb this kind of violence. Also, I guess every grocery store needs to be a fortress, every church, every synagogue, every mosque, every concert hall, every movie theater. It's just common sense, right? That's the only thing that Ken Paxton could think of that could possibly help decrease these incidents. Then uh, Texas Attorney General Paxton said, quote, Had we armed, had we had armed people in the building, we might have prevented some of this. We might have prevented all of it, he said. Well, 10 days ago in Buffalo, an armed ex-cop working at a security guard at the Topps grocery store engaged the shooter there. But the shooter was wearing body armor. The armed ex-cop lost his life in a gun battle with that shooter, along with the other victims in the neighborhood market. He was outgunned. He was taken by surprise. He, he didn't have the type of body armor that the shooter did. And just as in the Buffalo shooting, the shooter in Uvalde was confronted by law enforcement before the massacre. And just as in Buffalo, the shooter was once again wearing body armor. So it didn't matter. He battled his way into the school. Here's Texas Public Safety Officer Sergeant Eric Estrada. Yeah, that's his name. On CNN uh, with Anderson Cooper, as the story was still developing, explaining that the shooter crashed his vehicle outside the school and was engaged by law enforcement before the shooting.
1: The suspect did crash uh, near a ditch here nearby the school. Um, That's where he uh, exited his vehicle with, I believe it was a rifle, and that's when he attempted to enter the school uh, where he was engaged by uh, law enforcement. And unfortunately, he was able to enter the premises. And then from there, uh, that's when he went on and entered uh, several classrooms and started shooting his firearm.
0: So, yes, he was engaged by armed people, Mr. Attorney General. Perhaps if you were doing your job protecting the people of Texas instead of protecting your own job by appearing on Fox News on your primary election runoff day, you might have known that. In fact, it wasn't only one law enforcement official that was unable to stop the shooter. As Sergeant Estrada an hour or so later on another CNN appearance explained, the shooter seemed to have been engaged by three different law enforcement officials before battling his way into the school. A school district police officer and then two additional cops from the local police department.
1: A report came in of a vehicle crash and a person... Exiting his vehicle, middle shooter uh, with a rifle, and I believe he had a bulletproof vest as well. Um, he came out, he was engaged by a Uvalde ISD police officer who works here at the school. And then after that, um, he was engaged by two other officers from the Uvalde Police Department. Um They weren't able to pop the threat there, so they did ask for assistance uh, where a tactical uh, uh, agency came in and uh, was able to eliminate the threat, pop the threat, and bring the suspect down. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, before that happened, the the shooter did uh, manage to make entry into the school and uh, shoot inside the classroom.
0: So a good guy with a gun, just as in Buffalo, just as in Parkland in Florida, didn't ultimately matter. In Evalde, three good guys with a gun, all three trained law enforcement professionals, we're not enough to stop a bad guy with body armor who is armed to the teeth with easily available semi-automatic weaponry that folks like Ken Paxton have gone to the mat to make as easy as possible for all of these killers to get their hands on. The day they turn 18, apparently, in Texas. Republican Texas Governor Greg Abbott on Tuesday, held a press conference which was interrupted at one point by his Democratic opponent running for governor this November, Beto O'Rourke. The governor seemed to suggest that he had no choice but to sign all of these bills, including one that allowed 18-year-olds to buy weapons in Texas, and that the answer was just better mental health care. That, even though Texas has led the way in challenge, including uh, Ken Paxton, has led the way in challenging Obamacare in federal court in hopes of shutting it down entirely and ending the access to health care for more than 30 million Americans. After O'Rourke's interruption, Abbott had this to say.
5: Every Texan, every American, has a responsibility where we need to focus not on ourselves and our agendas, We need to focus on the healing and hope that we can provide to those who have suffered unconscionable damage to their lives and loss of life. We need all Texans to, in this one moment in time, put aside personal agendas, think of somebody other than ourselves, think about the people who were hurt and help those who have been hurt.
0: Really, Governor? Help those who have been hurt, but apparently only after they have been hurt, thanks to the laws that you signed. After being removed from the press conference that he tried to interrupt, Beto O'Rourke had this to say to reporters outside.
5: It is absolutely wrong. In fact, it is insane. The governor talks about mental health. It is insane that we allow an 18 year old to go in and buy an AR-15. What the hell did we think he was going to do with that? This one is on us.
1: And what do you say to Texas Governor Greg Abbott who says now is not the time to make this
5: political? Now is the time to stop the next shooting. Um, Right after Santa Fe High School was the time to stop the next shooting. Right after El Paso was the time to stop the next shooting. Right after Midland Odessa was the time to to stop the next shooting. And in each case we say this isn't the time. Now is the time. Like literally right now. That's why I'm here. Um, That's what we want as a state. Uh, that that, that's what I want as a parent I've got three kids who are in high school and middle school and elementary school that's what they want and and I face their judgment and my conscience and ultimately my maker for what I do when I have the chance to to change this and I'm gonna do everything in my power to change this and I am NOT alone the majority of Texas is with us on this right now the majority of Texas is not reflected by that governor or those people around the table who talk about mental health care or say that this is pure evil or that it was absolutely unpredictable. This is predictable. It will happen and it will continue to happen until we change course. We've got to change course.
0: Democratic gubernatorial candidate Beto O'Rourke on Tuesday. I'm sorry, Wednesday. Uh, w- w- just uh, one day earlier uh, on Tuesday, uh, just hours after the shooting. And you may have seen this uh, as it went viral on Tuesday, but it went viral for a reason. Uh, Because it has hit a nerve. Uh, This was uh, Golden State Warriors basketball team head coach Steve Kerr, whose own father, by the way, was a teacher, was president of the American University in Beirut. He was gunned down outside of his office in 1984 when Kerr was in high school. Coach Kerr had this to say when he appeared for the uh, regular pregame press avail just a few hours after the news of the latest school massacre broke out of Texas.
3: Um, I'm not going to talk about basketball. Nothing's uh, happened with our team in the last six hours. We're going to start the same way tonight. Um, Any basketball questions uh, don't matter. Um, Since we left shoot-around, 14 children were killed 400 miles from here. and a a teacher. And in the last 10 days, we've had elderly black people killed in a supermarket in Buffalo. We've had Asian churchgoers killed in Southern California. And now we have children murdered at school. When are we going to do something? I'm tired. I'm, I'm so tired of getting up here and So I ask you, Mitch McConnell, I ask all of you senators who refuse to do anything about the violence and school shootings and supermarket shootings, I ask you, are you going to put your own desire for power ahead of the lives of our children and our elderly and our churchgoers? Because that's what it looks like. It's what we do every week. So I'm fed up. I've had enough and and 50 senators in Washington are going to hold us hostage, do you realize that 90% of Americans, regardless of political party, want background check, universal background check? 90% of us, we are being held hostage by 50 senators in Washington who refuse to even put it to a vote, despite what we, the American people, want. They won't vote on it because they want to hold on to their own power. It's pathetic. I've had enough.
0: So, yeah, it was not always this way. It does not always have to be this way. In 1991, then former U.S. Supreme Court Chief Justice Warren Burger, a conservative Republican who was nominated as Chief Justice by Republican President Richard Nixon, was speaking on the uh, PBS NewsHour, He had this to say about how the gun lobby in 1991 had carried out one of the greatest frauds ever committed on the American people. If I were writing the Bill of Rights now, there wouldn't be any such thing as the
4: Second
1: Amendment. Which says? That uh, a well-regulated militia being necessary for the defense of the state, the people's rights to bear arms. This has
4: been the subject of one of the greatest pieces of fraud I repeat the word fraud on the American public by special interest groups that I have ever seen in my lifetime. Now just look at those words. There are only three lines to that amendment. A well-regulated militia. If the militia, which was going to be the state army, was going to be well-regulated, why shouldn't 16 and 17 and 18 or any other age persons be regulated in the use of arms the
1: way an automobile is regulated?
0: Good question, Mr. Chief Justice. But I guess Richard Nixon's Republican Chief Justice of the Supreme Court does not know nearly as much about the Constitution as Texas Governor Greg Abbott, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, and every goddamn Republican lawmaker who continues to make these massacres possible under the guise of upholding the Constitution and the Second Amendment for the benefit of, frankly, their weapons industry benefactors. To, as Coach Kerr said, to stay in power, to hang on to power no matter the death toll to their fellow Americans. We can and should blame the gun lobby. We can and should blame the politicians, mostly, mostly Republicans, who not only allow this crap but who support it, who actually want it because they have no interest in stopping it. None. We can blame the GOP's now stolen and packed federal courts, including the Supreme Court, for pretending that the Second Amendment says something other than what it actually says. Just ask Chief Justice Warren Burger. But really, we need to blame... Those of us, we the people, we the people who tolerate this, who facilitate this, who support this by supporting and voting for those mostly Republicans who make all of this American carnage possible as it continues to get worse and worse and worse. Until we all collectively stand up at the ballot box and remove these people from office, until we do that, this unspeakable horror and the murder of our people and our children will continue and it will get worse. It will get much worse. It was not always this way. It does not always have to be this way. But the only way out is now and frankly has always been at the ballot box. And yes, I know even that is an imperfect solution, but it is the one we got. It is our only way out. So to that end, today seems a great day to start. News on Tuesday's primary election results is next on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Welcome back. It's the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Uh, All right. Well, we can uh, we can now just about get to our uh, two quick uh, sort of curated review at this point of noteworthy reported results from Tuesday's other big story, which should have been its only one. The uh, midterm primary elections in Alabama, Arkansas and Georgia, some key runoff elections in uh, in Texas um, But, uh, you know, and it's all sort of maddening because we had a fantastic show that we were preparing <laughs> to do with a great yeah. guest that uh, hopefully we'll be able to reschedule.
2: Yeah, and but, it should be. The primaries should have been the most important story. But, yeah. of course, we're an insane country where such things uh, continue to happen. In fact,
0: they are still the most important story because that's our only way out of this mess, as I said. Very true. But uh, you had some uh, thoughts. Yeah, right? just just were, during yeah. the break
2: it had occurred to me that I am pretty damn sure that if John Adams and James Madison and Thomas Jefferson and George Washington and Alexander Hamilton were alive to speak today, they would say, oh, yeah, sure, scores of innocent children getting slaughtered in their schools. Yeah, that's what we yeah. intended yeah, when we wrote the Second that's Amendment. That's
0: what they meant. <sighs> Maddening in it. Yes. OK, well, uh, anyway, uh, some of the uh, as I say, the only way out of this mess is the ballot box. And uh, we've got some of uh, uh, some of the key races Um I hope to have uh, for for progressives. I hope to have more details on in the days ahead, as I had hoped to discuss today. But for uh, Tuesday's latest mass shooting means everything gets pushed back as always. Uh, Also, by the way, keep in mind, none of these results are as of now either official or even verified as accurate by any human being. These are numbers reported as of this hour based on unverified and unaudited computer tabulations. This is what we got as of now. Let's start with the easier ones first. Uh, We'll start in Alabama, where Donald Trump initially endorsed uh, far-right MAGA Congressman Mo Brooks of Alabama as his pick to replace retiring U.S. Senator Richard Shelby, Republican senator of Alabama. Uh, He selected uh, Mo Brooks in April of last year, not long after the then-staunch Trump ally spoke at the Stop the Steal rally. Outside the White House that preceded the deadly Capitol insurrection, but Trump would go on to later yank his endorsement for Brooks, claiming that he, quote, went woke because he had the temerity to urge voters at a Trump rally last year to stop feeling, quote, despondent about 2020 and, quote, Look forward to 2022 and 2024, which sort of seems like a wise election strategy to me. But, you know, what do I know? Trump wasn't having it. Several months later, after it appeared that Brooks was not going to win, was not doing well in the polls in Alabama, Trump yanked his endorsement for uh, uh, for Brooks because that's how loyal Donald Trump is to the guy who, you know, wore a bulletproof vest to speak on his behalf on Insurrection Day Anyway, uh, with Brooks at the time considered done for, Katie Britt, who was Senator Shelby's chief of staff, and fellow candidate Mike Durant, they focused on each other, negative campaign ads, and that allowed Brooks to recover toward the end of the campaign with a boost from his uh, saved up funds. And on Tuesday, Britt won the greatest percentage of the votes, but she failed to clear the 50% threshold needed to avoid a runoff in Alabama, so she will now face, yes, Mo Brooks in that runoff on June 21. The winner of that undoubtedly contentious uh, showdown will then go on to face Will Boyd, who easily won the Democratic nod for the U.S. Senate race in Alabama on Tuesday. Meanwhile, in Arkansas, Uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Trump's former White House press secretary and incredibly accomplished liar. So we got to give her that. She easily won the GOP nomination for governor to run in November against Democratic primary winner Chris Jones, who easily won his race as well, though he faces uphill odds against the Huckabee dynasty of dishonest liars in Arkansas.
2: Yeah, and it's kind of amazing to me because the only uh, public service that I can see that Sarah Sanders has done is press secretary, and I'm not sure why that qualifies her to run a state.
0: Well, it it might. Well, her father, of course, was the governor there, and uh, she did such a good job lying on Donald Trump's behalf that uh, clearly between that... And her daddy, previously being governor, that you know—that's know, all the that's qualifications Arkansas what I guess all that's required at this point. By the way, all is not lost in Arkansas. Some good news uh, from an election for Arkansas Supreme Court Justice Karen Baker defeated a conservative challenger by the name of Gunnar Delay. That's that's his actual name. Uh, He had implored voters to push the court further to the right, pointing to the recent news that abortion rights may soon go back to the states. Arkansas voters, however, pushed him out entirely and reelected Baker for another term. Yes, even in Arkansas, there are signs that concerns about what the U.S. Supreme Court may do about abortion is likely to play a very important and unpredictable role in this year's elections. Now we go to uh, Texas, where they held uh, runoffs uh, in the great Lone Star State for the Republican Attorney General nomination. Now, in one sense, I do like the way the New York Times described this race, Des. Uh, They began it this way. In what may be the final test of the waning influence of the Bush family in the Republican Party, George P. Bush, that's Jeb's son, George W.'s nephew, is fighting an uphill battle to unseat Ken Paxton for attorney general in Texas. Well, good news, I guess. George P. lost that uphill battle on Tuesday, but a uh, Bush's fall, unfortunately, is a gain for the even farther right corrupt Trumpy loons who now control the Republican Party. Ken Paxton, the scandal plagued, Trump backed Texas attorney general who has already been indicted on multiple securities fraud felonies, who is now facing a separate federal probe into abuse of office and bribery. Following a criminal complaint filed with the FBI by his eight of his top deputies, he's also being sued by the State Bar Association for disbarment due to his fraudulent Supreme Court case trying to toss the electoral votes for Joe Biden in four other states that were not Texas in 2020. Yes, that Ken Paxton who says that every school must now be armed like a fortress. It's their choice unless they want to see their children die. Well, Ken Paxton will go on to represent the pretend law and order party uh, in November's general election after decisively defeating George P. Bush by a more than two to one margin in Tuesday's runoff in Texas. Wow. Wow. Uh,
2: that, I'm sorry, that just yeah. really shocks me That, um, I, I guess I shouldn't be shocked no, That folks be. in my home state That Republicans in my home state Would choose to vote for an indicted Corrupt official over somebody Who's from the Bush family
0: To be the top law enforcement officer in the state
2: Yeah, it kind of boggles <sighs> the mind
0: State Democrats uh, See Paxton, however As one of the most vulnerable Statewide Republican office holders in Texas On Tuesday, Rochelle Garza A former lawyer for the ACA CLU won her runoff against trial attorney and former Galveston Mayor Joe Jaworski, she will take on Paxton in November. Uh, A couple of other runoffs of note in the Lone Star State on Tuesday, which I will look forward to discussing more with our hopefully rescheduled guest Howie Klein later this week, if the radio and disaster gods allow it. Uh, In the most watched U.S. House runoff in Texas on Tuesday, right wing pro NRA anti-choice Democratic Congressman Henry Cuellar in the 28th Congressional District, along with some help from Democratic leadership, sadly enough, Uh, As of now, it appears that he is ahead of progressive 29-year-old runoff challenger Jessica Cisneros by a mere 175 votes out of more than 45,000 that were cast in Tuesday's runoff in this race. Now, that has made some progressives none too happy with Nancy Pelosi and Democratic House leadership who backed the far-right Democrat Cuellar, Cuellar for some reason. Uh, as they have made clear that they will support incumbent Democrats, apparently, no matter how much those Democrats actually oppose and actually vote against the Democratic agenda. Again, hopefully more with Howie on this in the days ahead. Uh, and it should be noted this will almost certainly result in a recount, uh, in a similar recount back in 2004, I think it was, when Quayar first went to Congress, He was behind by a similar amount of votes, but he ended up winning after the recount by 58 votes. So don't count all chickens uh, in the uh, 28th district just yet.
2: And also remember, this demonstrates conclusively every vote matters. Yeah,
0: it does. Republican in the in the 28th uh, district on the Republican side, Cassie Garcia won her race, though it's a very blue district. So whoever wins on the Democratic side is almost certainly uh, certain to win in November Uh, in the 30th congressional district for Democrats, some better news for progressives, Uh, progressive. Texas state rep Jasmine Crockett appears to have easily won the Democratic primary runoff in the very blue district in the south suburbs of Dallas. Our friend John Nichols at The Nation cited the win as, quote, a big victory for a candidate backed by Congressional Progressive Caucus, uh, by the Working Families Party, bold progressive uh, unions, advocates for civil rights, abortion rights and LGBTQ plus rights. She, Jasmine Crockett, will run against Republican James Rogers, but is uh, likely heading to Congress in this very Democratic-leaning district. In theory, then we get to our old friend, yes, Georgia. <laughs> the uh, uh, first start. Let's start with the House races. Uh, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. Remember her? You oh, may yes. have heard of her. Oh yes. Uh, apparently, she easily won her primary for reelection, despite violating the 14th Amendment's prohibition on engaging in insurrection after taking the oath of office. The challenge to her eligibility for office to be on the ballot at all is being appealed in Georgia court by her friends at uh, Free Speech for People after an administrative law judge in Atlanta, according to the challengers, misapplied state law in the matter. Nonetheless, for now, Marjorie Taylor Greene will go on to November. She will face Marcus Flowers, who easily won on the Democratic side in this very red Georgia district. Good news for progressives in Georgia's seventh district, Congresswoman Lucy McBath, a progressive Democrat whose 17 year old son was murdered back in 2012. Uh, When she then became uh, an advocate for gun safety, she formed Mothers of the Movement for Mothers of Black Murder Victims. She first ran and won in 2018, and she easily won on Tuesday in what was an unusual member-on-member Democratic primary in Georgia's 7th District. That was forced because of hostile redistricting by Republicans in the state. Congresswoman McBath, however, defeated the conservative Blue Dog Democrat, Congresswoman Carolyn Bordeaux. And in a bit of irony here regarding redistricting in Georgia, uh, from uh, Stephen Fowler of Georgia Public Radio, he notes, uh, irony alert, Georgia's Republican House Redistricting Committee chairwoman, Republican State Rep. Bonnie Rich, lost on Tuesday Hmm. in the new district that she drew for herself. Oh, well. She lost uh, her primary against a Republican who was not going to run, but then decided he would run after all, and now she, at least, is out of a job. So there's that. In the U.S. Senate primaries uh, in Georgia, Herschel Walker, the legendary Trump endorsed football player with a legendarily faked re- resume. Uh, for example, he says he graduated at the top of his college class when he actually didn't graduate at all. And his ex-wife has also alleged he put a gun to her head and threatened her for life or threatened her life. Uh, Of course, this makes him a perfect Republican candidate to be endorsed by Donald Trump. Walker easily won the GOP primary in the state. Georgia's. Democratic Senator Raphael Warnock easily won his race as well in a state where Republicans hope to flip that Senate seat held by Warnock uh, this November. I wouldn't be so sure that they will pull that off, especially in a state where Trump's influence has clearly waned, as made clear by the governor's race. Democratic uh, uh, Democratic uh, candidate Stacey Abrams, she ran unopposed for the Democratic nod for governor uh, in one of the most watched races for the Republican nomination was Republican Governor Brian Kemp, who trounced Trump endorsed former U.S. Senator David Perdue. Perdue lost his seat. Last year, to Democratic Senator from Georgia, John Ossoff. Now, Purdue has lost again after Trump reportedly begged him to run against Brian Kemp, who Trump Trump accuses of not helping him to steal the election from Joe Biden in 2020. The New York Times reported uh, on Thursday of last week before the election, as Purdue campaigned outside of a bar and grill somewhere in Georgia, um that uh, he, he was not conjuring up a path to victory, but haggling over the scope of how much he would actually be defeated by following a Fox News survey showed him down by 32 points against Brian Kemp in that race. Purdue said, quote, hell no, I'm not down by 30 points. We may not win Tuesday, he said, but I guarantee you we are not down by 30 points. <laughs> Well, um, he was he was sorta of right, actually. Yes, uh, yes he was. Purdue lost on Tuesday night to Brian Kemp by more than fifty points. Kemp is said to have Barely uh, defeated Stacey Abrams four years ago, and the two ran against each other the last time in 2018 when, as Secretary of State, Kemp oversaw his own election against Abrams, during which she charged uh, there was massive voter suppression by Brian Kemp. Four years later now, there will be a rematch. In the Secretary of State's race, in an arguably even closer watched race, believe it or not, if you trust Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger's 100% unverifiable touchscreen voting systems in Georgia, the ones that he forces all voters at the polls to use across the entire state, if you trust those systems, well, Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, another enemy of Trump for refusing to steal 2020, defeated the Trump-backed Congressman Jody Heiss, who Trump had suckered into running. Uh, the Congressman uh, Heiss is now out of a job, too, it seems, uh, in the GOP Secretary of State primary to run for re-election. Raffensperger avoided a runoff in that contest, getting 523 of the vote, 52.3% as of this hour, so that's over the 50% threshold. He will probably run against B Nguyen, a state rep and ally of uh, uh, Stacey Abrams on the Democratic side. She won the Secretary of State's race uh, with just over 44 percent of the vote as of now on Tuesday. But that was not enough to avoid a runoff. So a runoff will most likely take place in Georgia in a month on June 21. As to Trump's failure, just... Absolute failure to replace either his mortal enemy Raffensperger with Heiss uh, or or Kemp. Well, inside elections, Jacob Rubashkin quipped on Twitter, quote, Trump is calling Brad Raffensperger right now to ask if he can just find one hundred and eighty thousand one hundred and fifty four votes for Jody Heiss. (laughs) Now, for what it's worth. Trump went all in to defeat both of these guys uh, in Georgia, his mortal enemies, Kemp and Raffensburger, for not stealing the election there for him. He chose Jody Heiss to run against Raffensburger. He muscled David Perdue into running against Kemp. He went all in for both of them, and they both lost in Georgia on Tuesday. So much for the great power of Donald Trump. We'll see if other Republicans notice, but so much for his his you know, the the power that you have to kiss up to him. These cowardly candidates who suck up to him because they are so frightened of them. Even though both uh, both Kemp and Raffensperger have done plenty of kissing up to Donald Trump, even if they were not willing to steal an election for him in 2020, we will see what they do. In 2024, if both of these clowns are still in office, but please be warned, you should not trust either of them. A lot of Democrats have uh, accidentally made heroes out of Brian Kemp or Brad Raffensperger. You should not trust either of them as far as I would like to throw both of them. Do not trust them just because one time in their pathetic careers, they did not do the wrong thing. One time. One time.
2: It was a time that was critical, and I'm glad that they did it, but it's not enough to make up for all the other stuff. It was only
0: because they couldn't figure out how to do it without, you know... Getting, going, to jail. going to jail for it. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. We have got to get out. Uh, my thanks to our producer, uh, Desi Doyen. My thanks to all of you for uh, sitting through another difficult show today. We hope you uh, enjoyed it. And uh, if you missed any portion of it, you can always download it for free anytime at bradblog.com. Everything that we do here is made possible not by corporations, not by foundations not by political groups, not by nobody but you you folks who stop by bradblog.com slash donate to help us continue so thank you for that uh, you can drop me email if you like I'm bradcast at bradblog.com on the Facebooks and the Twitters I am simply the Blog. we will see you at all of the above until we see you here next time I'm Brad Friedman good luck world